3: welcome back to the creative spotlight the interview portion of the spotlight here on fightful i as always am steven jensen here with jeremy lambert and today we are joined by one of the most innovative guys in the game right now in my opinion one of the best professional wrestlers on the whole scene uh he's here promoting the whole gcw collective weekend we got the world on lucha coming up a big weekend uh, for the world of independent professional wrestling and independent and wrestling as a whole gringo locos here gringo thank you very much for joining us how are you doing
0: I'm doing very well, man. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you guys for having me on the show.
4: Thank you for joining us, Jensen. You gotta mention the base God, the base Gringo God, Loco. absolutely. I mean, we we've got to talk about right off the bat this uh, viral viral uh, moment that that went viral. Uh, there you go. I'm terrible with words. Uh, Jack Cartwheel. He he's doing the cartwheel to the outside, and you base him on the apron, and then turn into a driver on the outside. How did all that? come together
0: uh incredibly that it it went off the way that it did man i think we were both shocked uh you could see it on on both of our faces before we executed the move right after that that we were just like hell yeah man this is happening and it's probably going to be viral in the next couple of days and it's exactly what happened uh i mean i gotta give a shout out to the real innovator of it all man it was mike bailey it was um we got to the arena before he even said hello, he was doing some motion with his hands and stuff. I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean? Like he's trying to convey a message to me via body language, and I'm like, wait. I got down. I had to go down the stage all the way around some guard. I was Like, what are you trying to say, man? And then he explained it to me. I was like, dude, that sounds impossible. And uh, he was like, it would be the coolest. It would be the coolest thing that I've ever seen. I was like, well, I'm willing to try it. I mean, if it's if you think it's cool, I'm definitely going to try it. So luckily, uh, you know, every card fell into place and it, it happened the way that it did and we were super proud of it so
4: how, how much pride do you take in just the base god nickname because that's that's something that you know wrestling fans might not give enough credit to of just how strong of a base people have because there's a lot of protection that goes into that uh with your opponent to make sure they're good and they're not going to get hurt on stuff
0: yeah, so I, I personally, uh, I, I thrive off of um, keeping people safe. I don't know what it is about me. I think it's in my blood. I like helping people look good. I like everybody being safe at the end of the match. Um, and I don't I don't know what it is. So it just, it just happens to be like what part I took in Lucha Libre when I first got down into Mexico City. Um, uh, actually, my first real spark of the base god name, uh, the very beginnings of it, was uh, working with uh, New Japan's Bushi and he was calling a second row turnaround head scissors and he's he was a heavy boy back then and i was a lot skinnier and we pulled it off multiple times um on many matches and he looks at me and like in the broken english spanish that he had he was like it's always for sure with you i don't know what it is but i feel like i can do anything with you and i took a lot of pride to that till this day Uh, i actually uh reconnected with him after god 15 years over at gleet in japan and i i told him how you know, how much of an impact that comment had on me and my entire career. And he was like, well, you're welcome. And <laughs> we both had a laugh because, I mean, it's really all because of Bushi initially. And then from there, uh, many conversations with like DJ Z and stuff about how like there's all these gods of bass um, on the planet. We started making a list and then we looked at each other and it was like, well, have you ever dropped anybody, bro? I was like, man, never, bro. I would never <laughs> let that happen. He was like, well, you're the bass guy. You got to call yourself that. And that's where it really started to become an idea of Mel. Well, maybe i should maybe i should try this out and see how it goes
3: yeah um yeah i, I want to elaborate a little bit more on kind of the, the creativity you know jeremy bringing up the that spot that that sequence of moves you know with, with jack cartwheel and um i mean you're you're just a super innovative performer man like no joke my bro- my brother who I don't consider to be a pro wrestling fan, but he just is because he's around me so much. Like he knows way more than the casual fan does and watches a lot of independent wrestling just by being around me. And the first time he saw you, he was like, This is the smoothest wrestler I've ever seen. You know, like immediately. And, and bro,
0: man.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, but, it's and, just, it's such a, it's such a, it's
0: <laughs> such a compliment. I've actually aimed my entire career. Uh, to make people say that about my work, and you saying that to me is the biggest compliment, man. I appreciate that.
3: Oh, absolutely, man. And this is from someone who I consider to be kind of like a casual viewer, so it's like to, to get that kind of reaction from someone who's like not even that into wrestling, just being this is the smoothest, of, like this guy's incredible. Like, you, immediately, you, you stepped you, you stood apart from everyone else he had seen on the show, you know. And I and and I and dude, the first time I ever saw you live was actually, I think it was back. I was at a glory pro show in like the St. Louis area. This had to have been like five years ago or something. And um, dude, you always caught my attention, man. Just, just can you speak to kind of just the innovativeness of, of kind of your, your whole approach to it?
0: Yeah. Was Naito on that show that you're referring to? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So again, that was a, one of my first really viral clips. It was Trey Miguel and AJ gray. And we pulled off again, all from this crazy brain. We pulled off a pass, from the ring over the ropes onto the stage has scissors uh, from Trey Miguel to me. You know that's kind of a really tight space, very risky, but I know that I can pull things off as long as I have bright people. It went off flawlessly. I mean that was the that was the clip of the year for us. Like we were so ecstatic about how it was, you know, received by the people. But um, in terms of like just being innovative, I try to go into every match, uh, and I want people to think, you know, what is he going to do next? Because you know you're going to look forward to a Gringo Loco match if I'm always coming up with something different. And I'm trying to make it, you can't miss, you know, uh, undeniable um, that you would ever miss a a Gringo logo match is where I'm I'm generally trying to go in this business. Um, And I mean, you you know, you have action figures laying around the house, you know, you got kids running around and uh, you just kind of play with them and see like what would be safely done uh, and never before seen. Uh, I'm sure you've seen like this uh, top rope reverse angle slam Right. And yeah. I, I don't know. I just like seemed that it would work. And I tried it and it was great. And Bandito was, you know, gracious enough to take it. And, you know, I'm starting to do that on the circuit now, too. But there's so many things on the Bad Burning Man that I, I'm, I'm waiting uh, to debut. And I, I just got to make sure that they're completely safe because they are pretty gnarly. <laughs> so <laughs> I just need to make sure that I'm not going to leave anybody hurt in the middle of the ring. And, <clears throat> you know, just fully make sure that, they, you know, I have their trust. They have my trust and that everybody comes out okay. clean and goes home to their families at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. Right. So I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm always trying to be different.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the coolest things. I think everyone, anyone said on this show before. So you are creating all this stuff like you're like picking out. Like, I mean, I'm surrounded by action figures. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a collector. So you're, you're there, like you're at home with action figures, like thinking like, yeah, I could probably, and like that's how you're actually coming up with a lot of this stuff.
0: A lot of it is is mental. Uh, I mean, I do have action figures around here somewhere, but I mean, you know, you just think of the moves that are always done, right? And then right. how can you put just a little tweak on it, and then you do it, you know, maybe like on the ring, you know, in the ring, and then you could think like, how could you make a super of that move? You know, I had just debuted that move a couple of weeks ago uh, with Mike Bailey in Montreal, and then I did a super one the next loop uh, in New York City. So. Uh, It's just like, how do you push the envelope safely? Um, You know, people are always looking for new stuff, especially, you know, the common fan is going to be amazed by the first reverse angle slam, right? But the real fan who's seen everything, I don't think that.
2: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.
0: Ever seen a top rope, you know, inverted angle slam anywhere. So they're like, oh, you know, what what was that? How did he come up with that? And then you you start to try to push the envelope even more, man. As these loops keep coming, you just kind of try to innovate. And I'm also surrounded by a lot of crazy maniacs, too. All these luchadors are <laughs> out of their mind as well, man. Like equal that Vikingo is just insane. Like he's I might be here. Vikingo is like on the third floor of this building, man. <laughs> um just insane. I don't I mean, some of these. Things that we pulled off at of Warrior Wrestling a couple of days ago, I said something as a joke uh, that I thought was impossible, and it happened in the match. So I'm sure there's a GIF or a highlight reel being made as we speak of that match, and you'll you'll see a couple of the things that went
3: down. It was insane. That's that's awesome. I yeah, I, I wanted to ask you to kind of like piggyback on that how because I, I know I see you in a lot of scramble matches as well, like multi man matches like how how difficult or like cuz you say like you're around like these these other just crazy innovative people out there that are grinding hard and and trying to also one up each other you know throughout and like how how do you put together these like these matches with you know like six people involved or whatever
0: so you would think it would be difficult for the common wrestler for me again I thrive off of it it's like we have all these elements. They're all incredible in the ring individually, and we're all crazy. So we we'll definitely make some magic here because there's trust between all of us, and um, we're just coming up with the best ideas possible. You know, for the people that night. I think that you know six intelligent wrestling brains is always going to be better than two, and they're, they all have strong uh, parts to their game that we can add in addition to whoever else's game is in the match. Man, I mean. You know, as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about Commander. Commander could do incredible things with Latigo, with Gringo, with Taurus, and they're all different and they're all incredible. You know, I can look at an element like Aramis or Ares. I know his strong suits. I know exactly what he brings to the game. And I also want to tweak their individual, um, you know, tweaks and, and stuff that they do in the ring to kind of suit my basing style. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always trying to make everybody look good. And while, while at the same time, which just recently, about five years ago, I started doing stuff for myself. And that's when, you know, this kind of Gringo logo era started. Uh, I had a talk with Taurus. And he was like, you gotta do stuff for yourself too. You're always carrying these guys. It's great. You're, you're perfect at it. Um, and he just mentioned to me, he's like, you gotta get your stuff into." So when I started doing that, man, I mean, belts started, you know, dropping into my lap, bro. I can tell you that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, we got one more question about that real quick, Jeremy, uh, for, you're I know, good. I know you guys, but, um, can you speak a little more to your relationship with Taurus? Because he's like, I, I think he's still somehow underrated and underappreciated. But like every every single time, it's a banker.
0: Yeah, again, he's super base, super innovative. Uh, he is a vet. He comes from originally CMLL. You know, his, his basic fundamentals of Lucha Libre are very strong. Uh, he's very old school uh, in the way that he thinks about a wrestling match, which, which isn't a bad thing. Um, and he goes in there and he tears it up every time Man, he's trying to look like a beast. He does, you know, pretty much in every match that he's had with me or with anybody else that I've seen him, you know, in PWG. And, you know, I just had to, I, I tweeted out how great I thought uh, that three way match with him, the Kingo and Bandito was, I, you know, I only saw the highlight parts of it. And it was just incredible. The ideas they came up with, man. And I know a lot of it came from uh, Taurus himself because they were all offensive moves that he was performing. But. Uh, yeah, me and him have a great relationship. Um, underrated. Uh, I don't know if I'll go that far because he has an impact run going on right now. I think he's one of those guys that, you know, once he decides to sign on the dotted line at the right company, he's going to explode off the planet. So, um, again, he's just one of those guys that has the passion for Lucha Libre, just like me, super base and innovative, man. He has all three elements.
4: I, I want to circle back to the cause he's rightfully getting a lot of attention now, uh, coming off the the Omega match and was getting a lot of attention when it was, he got his visa, he was coming to the U S and everything. But those first U S matches, they were dark matches. Even if the show was streaming, his matches weren't streaming. The first streaming match was against you, uh, GCW. Did you feel any, any type of pressure of like, Oh man, like we got to really show out here. Cause there was a lot of hype coming in, uh, to this one. And you were basically trusted of like, this is going to be his first live streaming match for the U S audience.
0: Yeah, I just thought it was so ironic that the stars aligned, you know, dark match, dark match, dark match, and it it aligned with me in front of him in, in the middle of the ring in Charlotte uh, for GCW. I thought it was it was it wasn't surprising to me. I felt like that was what was going to happen uh, somehow, and it did, man. I mean, like I said, I think there was definitely pressure there, but. You know, him and I have been trying to work together for uh three and a half years, probably pre-pandemic, man. And something has always come up, whether it's his injury, COVID positive, uh, travel issues. There, there's been a lot of times where him and I are supposed to work, you know, wherever in the world, and it just never happened. And that was the first one-on-one, first streamable match that we've ever had. And I think it went really well.
4: Oh, that was a fantastic match. I know you guys worked multiple times even even since then you mentioned the the match at uh warrior wrestling the triple threat match that that happened like yeah a handful of matches since then but i remember when that was announced and i think we we had that as one of our our spotlights jensen of Mm -hmm. you you and vikingo because it was for a lot of us fans like oh we're finally going to get to see vikingo after after all this time and look if that was the introduction you not only got to see like a great vikingo match you got to see a great gringo loco match uh as well so if you were going in there for vikingo i hope uh, a lot of fans came out of gringo loco of that match because i thought your performance was excellent in that one as well
0: i appreciate that yeah i definitely uh i felt the change in the swift you know on social media you know the numbers started going up a little bit and um you know every time that i'm at the merch table they bring up that match you know on how crazy it was and you know he's doing step up 630s which we now know that he did do same thing with uh kenny omega like you know he he's doing this thing these things on a regular weekly basis which is insane to me and he's coming out doing them flawlessly so it just shows it just goes to show you how much talent the kid has
4: you've you've got the world uh uh the world on lucha this weekend it's uh the second one correct second world on lucha Mm -hmm. um
0: yeah last year was the first one Mm -hmm.
4: Okay. How much involvement do you have? It's, it's your show. It's Gringo Locos for Lucha. How much involvement do you have when it comes to putting the matches together, booking the talent, just everything that goes to that aspect of it?
0: Uh, very hands-on. Um, I am picking everybody that you see on the card uh, together with Brett Lauderdale, GCW, shout out to him. You know, he's given me a lot of trust, a lot of freedom, uh, you know, he believes in my vision for what I think a Lucha show should be in the United States, which is authentic, uh, you know, with some of the best wrestlers of Lucha Libre on the planet, man. Like, I'm so blessed to be a part of GCW and, and to have this platform with my name at the forefront. I think that, uh, you know, this is only the beginning of, of, of great things and putting it on a pedestal where it belongs because it's such a different art for wrestling, man. You know, it's, it's high energy, acrobatic. Uh, there really isn't anything close to it. You know, I, I, respect American wrestling so much, but you know, people are really getting behind Lucha Libre, it seems in the last couple of years. And I'm, I'm great to be, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it and, and just to have, you know, my finger on the pulse to bring all of these amazing talents to the United States.
4: You're, you're facing psycho clown. I know you guys have, uh, wrestled before, like how excited are you to, to get back in the ring? Uh,
3: with a legend like Psycho Clown. By the way, the first match, classic, absolute classic, the first one.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if you know about my weekend before that match, but I was extremely agitated and angry at, uh, you know, American Airlines. They had lost my gear bag uh, in Texas. They, you know, it was an ice storm. I had to drive, you know, to and from these cities, uh, had no gear, you know, so I I had a lot of anger going through me uh, before that match. So, the way that it came out, man, I mean, it's pretty, pretty legendary for my career, man. It, it definitely, I felt like, you know, it took me to the next step, you know, facing a legend, an icon of A, you know, coming from a legendary Lucha Libre family, man, with, the, you know, Munoz. And I think that, you know, for us to ha- finally have this rematch, we've been trying to get to it. We didn't know what city to do it in, but to have the rematch on, you know, a show that I'm running during Mania weekend, it just, it just felt right. So um, I think the fans are are really in for a surprise uh, when it comes to him and I facing off one-on-one.
4: The The first match took place, for for those who want to go check it out, it was uh, GCW If I Die First. I, I assume that that show is on the, the Fight Plus archive, so people can go back, check that out, get get a little uh, appetizer for, for what's to come this weekend between Gringo Loco and uh, Psycho Clown, as I'm sure is going to be absolutely insane
3: yeah oh yeah another another insane match if i want to talk about from that card uh the kingo who we just talked about versus laredo kid that that's another just it just how we're, we're i guess kind of how that one come together um it's a pretty i mean it, it's a it's a match that i feel like everyone wants to see so i feel like it's an easy one to put together but like is that just you just being a massive fan and just thinking like this is going to be just great stuff between these two
0: yeah so i've seen them face off you know in the middle of the ring in mexico a lot and one of their matches was rated five stars i happened to be there that evening and i just know that when these guys are on for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus You know, all cylinders, magic is created, man. I mean, uh, the Kingo is the Kingo, obviously. But I think Laredo Kid, when you want to talk about a underrated in the United States, he would be the guy. Um, I've known him for a lot of years. You know, he's super innovative. Been around a long time, man. You know, I was watching him on my television screen on uh, GalaVision for A when I was, I don't know, man, like a child, like 12 or 13. And, like, you know, we're best friends now. And it, it just seems like the right thing to do, man. I've seen him work. Now I think that, you know, the platform is set. Uh, the table is set for this crazy match for the american fans to see finally
4: and you you're a part of the uh, the DDT show as well what what can fans expect from the GCW versus DDT show
0: yeah i think it's just going to be madness i mean i know there's a lot of twitter chatter about them talking trash about GCW and you know i'm i, I don't play that man you know GCW has given me everything that i have recently in my career so I think there's gonna be, you know, hard hitting, probably some doors, probably some metal chairs, man. You know, if you're gonna talk smack, you gotta be able to back it up. And you're coming into our house in LA, so that'll be a good one to watch out for as well.
3: Yeah. The, um, I'm sorry, I got oh, I'm just gonna say the um I I wanted to ask you something. I just don't want to forget to ask this, but um kind of <coughs> um, you know, we talked about your move set a little bit and just how crazy this this weekend's gonna be and and how much we're looking forward to these matchups. I, I always keep an eye on people's move sets and like, you know, it's it's always fascinating to me like why people choose the finishing moves that they do. And you have, you know, multiple moves that you can go to. Um, the baseball, I think is obviously super impressive. And I love, I, I can't remember what you called, but like the pop-up Rikishi driver you do, is just brutal as well. I, I know you've been using that lately yeah. too. Um, why, why those moves as your finishers? Like, why did you uh, go with those? Uh,
0: I'm
3: just trying to, you know, pick the
0: most devastating looking thing possible, right? I mean, a regular Rikishi driver is like insane, right? You're breaking a (laughs) dude's neck. He's not going to get up. So I'll pop you up with the strength of the base and then drop you and turn. And by the time that you figure it out, you're looking up the lights and I'm already back in the locker room. I mean, that's the idea. The base, the base bomb is, is definitely, has definitely taken me, you know, almost all the way to Japan. I feel like that was why they booked me. I'm not sure about that. Right. But it just seemed like a crazy innovative move that I can show off my basing while still winning matches. Like before I would do that move and like, you know, the technical or the the good guy would always like get the better of me. And I was like, well, you know, after that conversation with Taurus, I should definitely try to do it to where it's to my benefit. And then lo and behold, then I started doing it. And it, you know, the sky was the limit at that point.
4: You've mentioned some, some crazy stuff that you've done and that you're always coming up with, with different ideas has there ever been a time where you and you don't have to name names but you pitched something and they were just like i don't i don't know about this i don't know if i want to do this one
0: yeah yeah so last year at the World on lucha i was trying to yeah <laughs> i was trying to um i don't know if i should unveil this because it's still a possibility at some point but it was going to be something that made me look like the Incredible Hulk bro or like He-Man dude and we were like half a turn away from it and it just wasn't happening but luckily 30 minutes before doors we were able to come up with those two incredible moments uh in my match with like the crazy double head scissor that got the attention of Chris Jericho and a bunch of other people uh and then the crazy one where they launched uh uh, the guy into the head scissor to me or whatever and showing off the base god skills but like thankfully that happened but I mean 30 minutes before those doors I didn't have necessarily the moment of the match. And I was, you know, kind of mentally battling myself. I'm like, dude, this is your first show. You're really just going to go in there and do Lucha Libre, which is cool. But you have to have like a moment. I think I go into every match looking for some moment. It doesn't necessarily have to be with me specifically, but a moment of the match. So they say, oh, man, that, we remember that match. That match was good. So we lucked out last year. And again, I have that. So many, many of these ideas are on the back burner, just cooking, just waiting for the right moment, right people to be paired with. And uh, you'll see what I'm talking about in the future.
4: It's exciting. How how was your trip to uh, Japan and wrestling over over at Glee? What was that experience like uh, compared to wrestling in the U.S.?
0: Yeah, Japan is a dream, man. I think that, like, if if anybody's never been there, it's just so – everything is done properly. Like, the ring ropes are perfect. The ring itself is perfect for bumping. Uh, The fans are just – they know when to react. They know when to not react. You know, there's no, like – uh, you know, banter from the fans, you know, talking smack to you. It's just like they're looking, if they enjoy what they see, they're going to clap, they're going to yell, and then they go back to being silent. I don't know, man. It was just like a dream come true to me. You know, I uh, I had quit wrestling for a little bit uh, when I came back from Mexico, and um, I took a, a family trip to Japan, and I happened to stumble upon a New Japan show at, at Cork and Hall. And, you know, I saw a couple matches on the card that really did uh, – bring me back to my career i mean i I really realized that i enjoy wrestling so much like what am i doing not wrestling i mean again i was traveling the world which is cool as hell but like i wanted to go back to wrestling so corkenhall uh is significant in my career uh in japan itself because it brought me back to what i love the most in life which is wrestling so i think that um you know Gleet, the company uh is a very special place you know they have these really cool venues that they book they have you know superb athletes in the locker room and you can't ask for anything else than that man
3: any, uh, any other like big takeaways from Japan? Like uh, any anyone that gave you some really good advice or just some other like moments or experiences that you like, really like you've held on to?
0: Uh, you know, you just got to keep going forward. I was talking to, you know, Shima a lot. And I told him how like I've had a lot of stops, stop, start moments in my career. And he was like, you should have never stopped because, you know, the time that you lost, you're never going to get back. Right. And I, I tell that to everybody who asked me for advice, whether it's on a podcast or at the merch table. I always tell them, you know, as cliche as it is, you know, never give up because there's a reason, you know, if you lose that time, it's not going to come back. So you don't know what could happen in the six weeks, six months or six years that you take off of wrestling. Anything could happen because I was out of the business and I came back and somehow made it to Japan. So and Mexico and Canada and all this stuff that's happening now. But. You just have to believe in yourself, um, and that's what I took away from Japan.
3: Did uh, did you go to Ribera?
0: I did, and I liked it. But then I came back. We loved it. Me and Jack Carbo went. It was fantastic. And then we came back, and they were like, "Dude, you were supposed to go to Mr. Danger." And I'm like, (laughs) "All right." But Ribera was like awesome, and we had like two servings each, and we thought we were cool. But I don't know, man. I guess I guess it gets a lot. People talk a lot of smack about it. I don't know why. We loved it. We were we loved it.
4: that that is the bit of like robert is the famous one because it's got the jack but they don't actually have the best stakes like the best stakes are, are uh, everywhere else so that is what is everyone right? says yeah so next time I you got gotta it. you gotta go to somewhere else and see what compare compare there and see if Robert does have i got hey, i got long- worked
0: in japan it sounds
4: like. <laughs> <laughs> we enjoyed it that's what matters um i got i gotta ask about this you you wrestled ultimo dragon i mean that that's Absolute legend right there. What was that like?
0: I mean, did you, uh, you saw the <laughs> scenario that I faced him in, right? In Defy? Yeah. <laughs> like, T- that, was ins- Australia, that Australia. itself is... Yeah. That itself is insane. Uh, that was my <laughs> debut in Defy with Ultimo Dragon. Like, it, it just, it, it's just... I'm just still tr- trying to wrap my head around it because I've never been in that type of atmosphere before. It's the loudest I've ever heard a crowd in my life. You know, and he is super over. Astray is super over. Nick Wayne is, like, the homeboy there. He's super over. And then there's me. And I'm like, well, I'm a little over, but not as much as these legends in the ring, man. Like, let's just see what happens, you know? Um, the match went very well. And surprisingly, that was my second time in the ring with Ultimo Dragon. I had a secret one uh, that wasn't really seen uh, too much in Detroit for Ooh La La Lucha that you'll have to look up. And that was me and Sam Adonis versus... Uh, uh dragon as partner but yeah we had like nuclear heat that night if you ask sam adonis if you ever talked to him on the show we were like scared for our lives after the show that's how much heat we got that night but yeah we we had a lot of fun both times man i mean dragon is an absolute legend you know he's got that incredible picture with all those belts i'm working on it man i got three i got about <laughs> nine more to go to fill up my whole body so hopefully i can i can either either reach that picture or surpass it man I never know what's yeah. possible
4: let, let the record show Cage Match does not have any record of of you teaming with Sam Adonis uh, against Ultimo Dragon at Ulala La Wrestling. Wow. So Cage yeah, Match happens. is even
0: out on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's there's pictures of me ripping his mask almost all the way off. There's got to be video footage somewhere, but it definitely happened
4: that's the new Holy grail. Get out of here, Tom McGee. We need, we need to get the tag team match at Ooh La, La wrestling. Yeah. What, what are some of your, you know, future goals that, that you might have in mind, whether it's, you know, you personally or for world on Lucha, maybe next year, but just some, some future goals that you might have.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that we're on to something, uh, you know, very successful here with world on Lucha, uh, just based on ticket sales this year. Um, it's going to be a fantastic show. I think I really enjoyed Japan so much that I would like to go for a longer period of time at some point, um, and just really immerse myself and work with the best that they have to offer there. Because I feel like, I don't know, they're just, a, it's a different vibe. It's a different style of wrestling. You know, they're very, you know, we're going to do this and it's going to be perfect. And it was like every match that I had was perfect. And I was just blown away by the talent. Um, uh, Japan would definitely be one, um, you know, I'm in triple A now, so I definitely uh I want to have a hair versus hair match with Vikingo at some point. I think that, you know, he needs to learn exactly, you know, who has more experience in this rivalry that we have down there. And I think that, you know, with his with him being as young as he is, he's he's probably gonna be bald soon. But um I mean other than that, man, honestly I get asked this question a lot. I just wanna keep having bangers everywhere and having you guys enjoy the matches that I'm in.
3: I mean, that's pretty much it. Um I have a question of, about uh, Ninja Mac. Um, he's over there in Japan, and he's he's kind of doing what you're talking about, it feels like. Um, what are your opinions on him? Because he's another just super innovative guy that like had a, a really like fast come up, it felt like, uh, within the last few years.
0: Yeah, Ninja Mac is great, man. I saw him on a, while I was over there for a little bit. Uh, he's always been fantastic. He's another guy that comes to the table prepared, ready, and with insane ideas. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but that sunset flip spot that he did with Dante Leone in Chicago, mm-hmm. just insane. It's just insane. Like, I would never do that or take that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just different types of insanity, but it's all <laughs> controlled. You know, he has he has a background in Cirque du Soleil. So, for him standing on a ladder like that is just so natural for him. You know what I'm saying? So, that's his strong suit. You have to cater to that um, when you're in the ring with him. Like, I had my most viral video clip. Uh, with him with the match that i had with him one-on-one in, in atlanta it was a top rope twisting power bomb through a door that exploded brilliantly i was there uh, live ended up getting oh dude all right Yeah center so stage uh, yeah. yeah let's go yeah dude insane and it got like 11 or 12 million views insane numbers um i have nothing but respect for for a ninja mag man look at look at all that he's accomplished bro he just wrestled in the tokyo dome like you can't bat an eye to that dude he's he's the man
3: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. He, he was, here's one of the first guests we actually had on the show when we started it. So we have big, big Ninja Mac fans over here. Um, who, who are some people that you want to give like a shout out to that are like kind of on the come up that people might not know so much about like whether on the Lucha scene or just like, just like the, the wrestling scene in general.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of up and coming talent. They're really young. They need to be polished. Uh, but I think when they do and they get the visas and all that, the Mexa boys are going to be, a problem to be reckoned with. Um, they are super innovative for their age. You know, I think when I was down there a couple years ago, they were 16 and 19. So they're a, little, they're a little older now, but these guys are coming up with stuff that we've never seen before. Uh, Rob Viper made two highlight videos of them and like set the internet on fire. It was a, it was a week of just Mexa boy stuff. And even us as innovators, you know, RS, Gringo, all these guys, I mean, even we were blown away. We're like, dude, how how are they coming up with this? So I think those two are definitely uh, some people to watch. I mean, there's various others, but it's just too many to count, man. I'm trying to filter them in as I can, you know, into the lucha scene. But there's only so many spots on these shows, you know.
4: Gringo, we we appreciate you joining us. Uh, last one. We ask everybody this. I think we're going to have to start a new question. I might ask this here in a second. But coolest thing you have in your room? I see you got a lot of cool artwork behind you.
0: Yeah, these are all the GCW posters and then, uh, Chicago, you know, historic sites and stuff. Born and raised in Chicago, man. You know, very proud to be here. I've been here my whole life. Um, it's given me everything, uh, that I have. But, uh, coolest thing that I have in my room. Well, I got this thing right here. I don't know if you've seen. Just won this bad boy at Warrior Wrestling, man.
3: There you go. Beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I mean, other than that, man, I got a lot of cool hats and stuff, but it's not really cool for a, uh, uh, a show like this but i mean you know that's pretty much it man world championship world lucha champion in chicago for warrior that's pretty dope
4: i always love the flex when wrestlers comes on and they're like this belt right here is the coolest thing
3: <laughs> yeah it's
4: like yeah hey, I mean, can't really can't really top that. we
3: get it every now and then like alec price did like his whole interview with his belt like across his chest we had yeah. cole radrick just oh. casually just had it been <laughs> set up behind him like yeah
0: yeah Yeah, I
4: I definitely should
0: have been doing it. I I should have done the interview like this, bro. I messed up. Oh, that's cool. I I
4: have one more. I have one more for you, and this is. I'm gonna start asking everybody this now. Hypothetical.
3: (laughs) Oh, dude, we don't have to actually make this a thing. Are you gonna? No, we are. We actually are. All right, we've been asking. We've been asking. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, we've been asking. All right. (laughs)
4: Hypothetical. Who would win a street fight between Eddie Kingston and Cody Rhodes? Dude.
0: Eddie Kingston, right? He's from the streets, bro. Come on. Okay. man. I mean, Cody's strong, but like Eddie is from the hood, bro. You got to give it's... Eddie Kingston the win on that. You don't think Has anybody said Cody? Oh, the,
4: this man, this man right over here, <laughs> oh, the, the big man. Cody fan. Hey, it's how, I mean, how, listen. It's,
0: how do you agree nothing for an guests angry...
4: right now, Jensen?
3: I'm going I'm going <laughs> double like, takedown and just it's it's I don't I don't know if he gets off the desk. <laughs> You know, no rounds, no rules. I'm just no. saying. But listen, I'm a big Eddie Kingston fan. This has gotten so far blown out of proportion. This this one stupid question that came up one time. I'm sure you're familiar with John Mosley, aka Moze. then some commentary for GCW. He'll yeah. me, me and him came up with this this stupid question. And now every now i am going asking everyone. So yes. but on but to be fair, I think I'm the only one who's taken Cody so far. It's I think everyone nothing. else is taking Eddie's. So, yeah. okay, Honestly, I nothing. think you're
0: probably going to be the only one. From here on out, bro. I mean, <laughs> hey, you can season. look at Kingston and get scared <laughs> and imagine in a back alley, back alley, ba- bare knuckles, ready to fight, bro. It ain't happening.
3: I would this rather. Is- I would. I would. I would rather fight Cody. I think though, still because like I think. I think Eddie would like. He would like really hurt me. I think Cody might be a little, take it a little easy, maybe have a little sympathy. I would, I would be terrified of Eddie Kingston. Absolutely terrified. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, by the way, I need to make this clear every time we say this big Eddie Kingston fan right here. This is just a stupid question. I think Eddie Kingston would, would he, he obviously would destroy me in a fight. We're not, that's not even debatable. So, oh, just talk to that. Right. Uh,
4: Gregor Loco, thank you for joining us. I know it's a very busy week for you. Uh, let everyone know where, where they could find you at and, and everyone check out a uh, world on lucha on fight tv this saturday but let everyone know where they can find you at
0: sure man yeah uh, the instagram is i underscore am underscore base god i am base god, b-a-s-e-g-o-d and then the twitter is gringo loco og because i'm an original gangsta <laughs> but other than that uh yeah man that's where you can find me bro
4: thank you thank you again for joining us on on this week best of luck everything going on this week WrestleMania weekend uh safe travels as well and in Chicago now safe travels getting over to LA hope everything goes smoothly there again guys go out support gringo loco support independent wrestling follow him on Twitter check out uh everything from GCW The Collective this weekend it's on Fight Plus you get everything but specifically Check out uh, the world on lucha. Grego Locos world on lucha too. We got Vakingo against Laredo Kid. Negro Casas against Tony depin Sexy Star against tomata uh Grego Loco against Psycho Clown. Los Masisos against familia de tijuana black taurus and los vipers against commander Arez, and aramis it is april 2nd uh it is on saturday or i guess it's secondly sunday sunday morning uh late saturday night early sunday morning depending on where you're at in the world but go check out that show and everything else on fight plus from gcw the collective gringo again thank you for joining us safe travels guys we will be right back here on
5: the